The sky is falling. Your fears are confirmed. Jacob deGrom is getting surgery, and he's out at least, at least 12 months. And now the question is not if Rangers fans should panic, but how much. We're going to get into all that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. The best way you can help grow the show is to subscribe on YouTube and comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into the depressing news of today... This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. When you enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Now, Jacob deGrom is getting surgery. Before you freak out, it is not fully confirmed that it is Tommy John surgery at this point. They took an MRA from after they put him on, moved him from the 15-day IL to the 60-day IL. They had another MRI, which Grant and I talked about last night and said, okay, well, um, you know, the only thing that's kind of a red flag there is that uh, they're getting another MRI. And the initial thought was, well, he was going to take a long time to rehab anyway. It was retroactive to him being out 30 basically 30 days before this, more than 30 days before this. So he'd be coming back about the end of the month, which, which was about what we thought what would happen if he did a full rehab assignment and they went the full extra cautious route with him. But that is not the case. They're going to have surgery on him. It's not fully blown Tommy John surgery, which would be his second. He had his first Tommy John surgery in 2011. They're going to likely avoid that if possible, but they won't really know. It seems like until he is having the surgery the MRI revealed a partial tear in the UCL before it was just revealed that it was inflammation in the UCL and it didn't reveal that there was a tear until this most recent MRI. He was throwing bullpens or he was just throwing fastballs. The most recent bullpen, he threw his off-speed repertoire, his full his full arsenal of pitches and I think that might have been where things started to go south. He went home for the weekend to be with his family for the birth of his third child. He came back. The Rangers decided to you know see how he's feeling and take another MRI MRI and after putting him on the 60-day IL, they did that before the MRI, I believe. Uh, at least that's what we have been told was the order of events. Then they reveal some damage and think, okay, well, it is all about the long-term health of Jacob deGrom. And at this point, he is going to be out for at least 12 months. And if it's Tommy John, then it's likely uh, 15 or 18 months. Or with Jacob deGrom and his, uh, you know, Im- impressive and very, it seems like, fragile elbow at this point it, it could be even longer than that but right now we are upgrading the defcrom preparedness scale we are we are at full defcrom 2 which in case you, you don't know it's based on the defcon levels and and defcon 2 or defcrom 2 is, is fast paced next step to nuclear war has been taken the only thing that would take us to full defcrom 1 you may be saying well well if this isn't defcrom 1 then what is well defcrom 1 is it's for sure tommy john and or just he his arm fell off and he will never pitch again for the Rangers. That's that's kind of what it would take to go to the full Defcrom one because we we are comparing a pitcher's elbow to nuclear war here. So it, it is a little hyperbolic at this point, but it does feel hyperbolic because of how good the Rangers season has been and how frustrating this is. I mean, 
this is the guy that kind of changed everything this offseason. I know that Jake, that uh, bringing in Bruce Bochy was was a huge catalyst, and maybe that also kind of turned things around this offseason. But but once the Rangers signed Jacob Degrom, I mean, the huge offseason last in winter of 2021, you know, heading into 2022, where they signed Seager and Simeon and John Gray and later Martin Perez. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's a huge haul. This team still kind of sucks, but okay. And then they go out and sign Jacob DeGrom. It's like, wow, they need to start pitching and they needed an ace. And why not go get the best guy in baseball? Again, with a caveat, when healthy. But pitchers are never healthy. I know Jacob DeGrom had his injury concern, but look at the rest of the guys that were on the market this offseason. Carlos Rodon did not pitch at all for the New York Yankees. He has a new chronic injury, and who knows when he'll be pitching for his team. There's also Justin Verlander, who is in his 40s. And uh, yeah, you think that a 34-year-old pitcher has some injury concerns. Wait, wait till you see what a 40-year-old pitcher has. I mean, he's had some good outing for the Mets, but still nothing truly outstanding. And the Rangers brought in a whole lot of other pitchers behind him because, again, there is a reason, there is a cliche that people say you can never have enough starting pitching because you can literally never have enough starting pitching. Here's who the Rangers brought in last offseason. They only had basically John Gray and Dane Dunning on the roster and, and Glenn Otto, who Granado still has not pitched this year. Um, but here's who they brought in. Jake Odorizzi, then Martin Perez, then Jacob deGrom, then Andrew Heaney, then Nathan Eovaldi. And for the most part, most of those guys have been healthy. We haven't seen a single inning of Jake Odorizzi, which is looking like more of a devastating injury at this point. Um, Martin Perez, there's not a whole lot of health concerns with him. He's just kind of regressed to being who he was before he was an all-star last year. I know he is coming off that really great outing against a really talented St. Louis Cardinals lineup, which I don't even think I'm going to talk about at all today because of all of this nonsense. Um, but Andrew Heaney has been mostly fine. Nathan Eovaldi has been the best pitcher in the American League. And, and John Gray has also been, honestly, all-star worthy at this point with his 251 ERA this at this point in the season. Like, the frustrating part is because everything had been going so right for the Rangers. I know they'd had some bad breaks with the initial DeGrom injury and the hamstring injury for Corey Seager and the uh, leg injury for Mitch Garver. But for the most part, everything else was going right for the Rangers. I mean, Nathan Eovaldi was the best version of himself. John Gray looks incredible. Andrew Heaney is, is pretty good. And, you know, Dane Dunning has been an integral part of the season. And now it looks like we'll be an even more integral part of this season. But the big picture at this point is even... Even if DeGrom never throws another pitch for the Rangers, you, you still go out there and you sign him. You still go out there and make that move for Jacob DeGrom because you had to. I don't think you get the rest of those guys without it. I mean, there was an interview with uh, Chris Young on the Athletics Baseball podcast that came out, I think, yesterday, um, where he was he was talking about you know the signing of Jacob DeGrom. It kind of helped legitimize this organization, bring some spotlight to it where the other guys who were coming in, they weren't coming in. Nathan Evaldi wasn't coming in to be the ace. He was being coming in to be the number two or maybe number three or, or who knows at that point. Um, Martin Perez was not coming in to come back and be the ace to save this team like he did so much of last year and, and save them from having to overwork their bullpen even more than they already did. Andrew Heaney was coming in to be the number five guy in this rotation like that. That was what kind of helped bring those guys along, and, and they have done exceptionally well, and that's why it's really, really frustrating, and I'm, I'm less bullish on the Rangers' chances to go deep in a playoff run. My whole thought of, you know, if the Rangers just get into the dance with the top one-two punch atop their rotation in all of Major League Baseball, I think, right now, with 
a healthy Degromity Evaldi. I thought th this team can go toe to toe with anybody, especially if John Gray is throwing it like he is. Then this team could really, you know, square up with literally anybody in baseball to start a series. Now I'm I'm less confident, obviously, without Jacob Degrom. I said on yesterday's show there is no version of this team that is better without Jacob Degrom. But at this point, they haven't needed him. But next year, this is going to spiral into next year. And it, it, it has a lot of ripple effects of, of guys that we didn't think would be nearly as important and might need to be rethinking some roles for some guys, even in the Rangers bullpen right now. Um, I mean, just immediately off the bat, Cody Bradford needing to be probably more majorly ready than, than he was. I mean, the last start out, that becomes huge. The five innings of two-run ball against Baltimore where he got in trouble in that first inning but then kind of pulled himself out of it. I don't know if he's ready to be an, an everyday guy in this rotation, but if there's another injury to this rotation, then Cody Bradford's going to have to step up and, and play a much more significant part in this rotation than we thought. I and mean, we thought we'd get some at least some innings from Jake Odorizzi. He was not the one that I was concerned about his injury history, but he's done for the year. I mean, you really respect them from being more extra cautious with Eovaldi and with Gray. And honestly, with everybody, even with Perez, they pulled after seven innings at, I think, 88 pitches last night, and he probably could have gone more. I mean, you've really got to be extra careful with every single one of your starting pitchers because the Rangers cannot afford much more injuries to their starting pitching rotation. And it's it's looking like, um, yeah, next year, there might be some even bigger questions that we're going to get into with how this injury will affect the Rangers and why I'm still very bullish on this team's chances. And, and should they still go all in for this season and making a World Series run? We're getting into all that and more. But first, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up when everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think of what you need for yourself. But when you spend all your time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can help give you the tools to find a more balanced life so you can support others without leaving yourself behind. Now, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try for, to deal with any of the problems with your life that are probably more serious than um, what a Jacob deGrom injury means for your Texas Rangers team. But, you know, it, it's a great tool for everybody to help deal with all the problems in their life. And, you know, it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just felt a quick a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. Now, shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day on tomorrow's show. Um, I'll be recapping this series against the Cardinals, which I haven't really talked about basically at all. You can catch every pitch of with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, again, there is a reason why the Rangers brought in so much starting pitching because you can literally never have enough starting pitching depth. And this starts to raise some questions and put some more pressure on guys that I didn't think would have a whole lot of pressure on them. It puts maybe more pressure on Cole Reagans, and it really highlights more frustrations with Cole Wynn. I mean, Wynn is a guy I tried not to talk about very much this year because it's just been such a freaking mess. Even the last two years, I don't know what's gone wrong with him. I don't think the Rangers have any idea what's gone wrong with him. He's still striking out a lot of guys, but he's walking the entire world and allowing a crap ton of home runs. He was a guy who's a former first round pick who was really breezing through the system. I mean, until last year, I thought this guy could be a number three, four starter pretty easily in the big leagues. But since he's come to AAA, it's, it's been a really 
awful mess for him right now. And I don't want to put the spotlight on a kid who I think is still a smart kid. And I don't know what's, what's wrong with him. I don't think it's anything of him like not trying or anything. I don't want to cast any aspersions on his character or anything like that, but it's just been a freaking mess for Cole Wynn. And the Rangers were at a point they had so much starting pitching depth. You didn't really think at the factor in Colwyn. He was just kind of like, oh, if this kind of works out, then this would be a really great thing. And it also makes me rethink what the Rangers should be doing with Cole Reagans. I, I know that he's been really steady in his last couple outings. He's looked really nasty in those short one-inning relief outing bursts. But again, if the Rangers didn't buy, you know, basically an entirely new starting rotation, I think Cole Reagans would have made that fifth, spot, fifth starter spot out of camp. I think he might have beaten out Dane Dunning. I mean, He's not beating out Dane Dunning now, but I think maybe the Rangers should consider sending him down to AAA, working him back up to being a starter because the Rangers might need it. I don't know how ready Cody Bradford is to, if there is an injury to one of their starters, step in and be that guy. I don't know, but I know Cole Reagans definitely has that kind of upside. But again, the bullpen is such a mess that if he is effective in those one inning outings, then... I don't know that you can afford to send him down to AAA either because the Rangers kind of need him and, and everybody that's confident in their bullpen at this point. So it really asks a lot of questions and it, it does give a lot of comfort knowing that Jack Leiter is um, is figuring things out. And I don't think that Jack Leiter is going to come up this year at, at all. I, re- I really don't think even if unless that these he has basically the exact same kind of month of May. Um, if he continues that month for every month at the end of the season, then then he'll probably be in AAA at some point in July. And then maybe you think about bringing him up to the big leagues as a starter at the very end of the year. But that's going to be a lot of pressure on the kid to jump from AA at the beginning of the season to you know the big leagues by the end of the season. But if he's, if he's still doing what he's doing right now and continuing to show that uh, improvement, then that is a big, big hurdle. It's also really frustrating that Kumar Rocker is having Tommy John surgery and another guy, um, Takoa Roby, he's not having, we haven't heard any announcement, but he was pulled from the first inning of his start on Sunday. We didn't get to talk about him with Grant, who Grant did see him. I, I think that Grant has really liked what he'd seen from TK Roby, the Rangers' third-round pick in the 2020 draft, who was really impressing this year. I don't know what his injury situation is. And also Owen White, who has, I believe, been battling through some kind of something that he's been kind of limited this season. The velocity hasn't been quite there. The results haven't quite been there, but he, he's fighting through it. I, I think that he's going to get an extended stint um, just on the bench just to give him some rest and, and keep him healthy. But he was a guy who I thought might be, you know, fighting for a rotation spot or might be fighting for at least a, a promotion to AAA by midseason. And I don't think that's necessarily the case with Owen White either. So, I mean, a lot has gone really, really right for the Rangers. Keeping that in perspective, a lot has gone really, really right. I mean, Jonah Heim has been fantastic this year. Josh Young and Ezekiel Duran have been exceptional. Corey Seager missed a month and came back and, and is just, the still the best freaking version of himself and Marcus Simeon is a freaking MVP candidate if not favorite at this point in the American League Leo Tavares a guy who had really languished offensively his first couple of years in the big leagues is really starting to figure it out and Adolis Garcia also looks like an all-star candidate if not a pretty much surefire all-star with his massive power and and this team's entire ability to just dominate literally one through nine in this lineup a lot of things have gone really really right for the rangers and it is rare to get this kind of a run and so with jacob de being out i mean i i am much more 
cautious about pushing all the chips in on this team this year because even though they will probably still have the same core of pretty much everybody there's not gonna be a whole lot lost after this year i mean in terms of rotation that's where the losses are maybe going to be martin perez is going to be a free agent at the end of this year uh, i don't know if the rangers are going to reassign him it kind of depends on how this season ends clearly and a lot of other factors as well andrew heaney has a mildly complicated contract i think basically the way it works it, it's a one plus one year i think if he pitches really well this year he'll have an ability to opt out i don't know if he would take that second year and, and want to stay in texas and and stay as a part of this team maybe he will or maybe the rangers will be more inclined to go elsewhere um the only the only big position player that the Rangers would really be losing after this year uh, is going to be Mitch Garver. He is a free agent at the end of the season. But outside of that, I mean, Jonah Himes under contract for the next two, three seasons, at least two seasons. Nathaniel Lowe is under contract for, I believe, at least three more seasons. Simeon under contract for another five years. We, we know that Corey Seager is going to be here for another eight years. Josh Young is going to be here for a while. Ezekiel Duran for a while. Lily Tavares, um, Adoles Garcia. All of those guys are going to be around for quite a while. And Ivaldi's got at least one, if not two more years here. And John Gray also has one more year here. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if this team is going to get off to this real start, but it, it does feel very real at this point that all of these players are just this good. And like I said, if they're all going to be back next season, I mean, you can't really count on health and health things breaking your way as it feels, it feels weird to say that the health things have broken relatively well for the Rangers to this point when they just announced that Jacob deGrom is going to get surgery and he's only pitched 30 innings so far this year. But if for the most part, outside of that, I mean, Eovaldi was healthy and Heaney has been healthy and John Gray has been healthy. Martin Perez has been healthy. So four out of five of your top five starters, I know your number six starter also went down, but, but still for the most part, things have broken the Rangers way and it's not guaranteed that that'll happen next year. So I'm really torn about what the Rangers should do in terms of, should they go all in and try and get another starter? Because, um, Dane Dunning has been exceptional. He really has been exceptional, but I am not sure that he is going to sustain a 206 ERA. He's pitched in 13 games, five starts, 48 innings for the Rangers this year. He has been very good at limiting those walks, limiting hard contact, and the barrel rate is in the top one-third of baseball. The walk rate is in the top 17% of all of baseball. He's not getting hit very hard when he's getting hit. Um, and he is doing a good job of knowing himself and being the best version of himself. I don't think that he's going to have a, a sub three RA th sub three ERA at the end of the season, but I do think that he's still going to be a solid back end starting rotation guy. But um, the Rangers really need some some uh, progression from Andrew Heaney and from Martin Perez. I mean, they need Heaney to look more like the Dodgers version of himself than the pre-Dodgers version. He's been kind of about middle of the pack there they need Perez to start looking more like the all-star version of himself maybe not the the fully actualized last year because maybe that's not sustainable but still a better version than we have seen so far we did see seven innings of one run ball from him in this opening game against the Cardinals that ended in a walk-off and the Rangers also haven't even gotten the best version of Nathaniel Lowe just yet he does have a 797 OPS um, which in the best version of this lineup for about uh I don't know in inning or two the rangers had everybody in their lineup on monday night with an 800 or better ops so like this team is really deep and i just i can't quite decide whether i think they should go all in on this team because 
on on this year specifically and make some kind of big trade at the deadline because they aren't going to have Jacob deGrom in the rotation come playoff time. But still, a 1-2-3 at this point of Nathan Eovaldi, John Gray, and then Martin Perez, and then your number four starter is Andrew Heaney, I, I feel still really solid about that group and like that group can still go deep in the playoffs with this version of the offense i don't think the rangers need to make a big move maybe a medium-sized move but still the rangers have been so good and even though this this jacob de news is very very frustrating and upsetting and uh you know disappointing for sure it shouldn't take away from the fact the rangers are still probably the best team in all of baseball right now. Coming up, we're going to get into my all-star ballot, some better, happier news, and how many Rangers I think should be on this year's all-star team. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is are the best kind of shorts that you will find out there. They are so freaking comfortable. They sent a pair, and actually a couple pairs, and I honestly have not been able to take them off since they sent them to me. They are so comfortable. They'll make you look good, feel good. You can go walk around outside in the Texas heat and not be burning up. You will be looking stylish and fantastic. You want to go get yourself a pair of these. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB enter promo code locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Shout out to the everydayers for making locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. The Rangers take on the Cardinals this week. You can catch all of the action on that on the Sirius XM, the hometown broadcast. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Hopefully on Friday's show, I'll have some actual good news to talk about. But I do have some good news to talk about now. The Rangers, like I said, are one of, if not the best teams in all of freaking baseball. And they've got, they're going to have a lot of all-stars, or they absolutely should. And I hope you're doing your part and voting as I am. But I'm not my vote. My ballot is not entirely filled with Rangers because I feel the need as a person with a journalism degree and a job in journalism, several jobs in journalism. I, f- I feel the need to be impartial, but there's still going to be quite a bit of Rangers bias in my first ballot. Um, at, at first glance, yeah, yeah, there's quite a bit of Rangers bias, but still the Rangers have been really freaking good and you need to represent the good teams on there. You can't just have a whole bunch of Kansas City Royals on there. No, no, actually a lot of offense at Royals fans for just um, ruining the sanctity. Uh, not, I sound like, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there because now I, I feel so self-righteous and so self-conscious. You, you know what? Rangers fans just need to be like Royals fans and just completely blow up the ballots and get players on there, like get get to a point where guys like Whit Merrifield are somehow four-time All-Stars. Um, yeah, go, go do that. Go blow up these ballots because the Rangers have a lot of players that are worthy of being All-Stars. I'll start with catcher in my ballot. Um, Jonah Heim. It's it's flat out simple. If Jonah Heim is not an all-star this year, then what is the point of even having an all-star game? He has been the most valuable catcher in all of baseball, more so than Adley Rutschman. Defensively, he has been the most valuable catcher in the American League, a 2.2 fangrafts war, which is half a war higher than Adley Rutschman. I, I talked a, a lot of praise of Adley Rutschman around that series with Baltimore, and I do think he is a really, really good offensive player. Um, but overall, Jonah Heim's been more valuable. Jonah Heim's been one of the best defensive catchers in all of baseball, basically since he came up with the Rangers. He has been incredible at framing. He's gotten much better at throwing out runners. He is excellent excellent at calling a game and blocking pitches, and his offense has been exceptional this year. He is second, actually, nope, 
He is tied for fourth in home runs. Salvador Perez has 12. Rutschman has eight. Cal Raleigh has eight. I mean, it, it basically was a month in between home run, his sixth and seventh home runs. So hopefully we can get a little bit more home run juice from Jonah Heim to kind of boost those numbers. But he is leading catchers in batting average at 293. And in, nope. Salvador Perez with slugging at um, 512 versus Jonah Himes, 473. But he has been exceptional. The second best offensive catcher, according to Weighted Runs Created Plus, um, at 125 versus Adley Rutschman's 136. And his Woba is second at 351 to Adley Rutschman's 366. Rutschman has hit for a decent amount of power. He's played in seven more games, and he has. An insane walk rate of 16.6%, but Jonah Heim has been exceptional this year. He may not start the All-Star game, but he definitely deserves to be there. And I feel like, um, if not fans, uh, then the rest of the people who are voting on this in terms of managers and players, and I forget who else gets a vote on the uh, non-starters, but uh, whoever else is, is out there realizes how freaking good Jonah Heim is. He is been one of the more underappreciated players in the game the last couple years and this year he has been just flat out exceptional for first base sorry to Nathaniel Lowe I went with a current Ray as opposed to a former Ray Yanni Diaz he's just been truly exceptional this year for the Rays there's just been no ifs ands or buts about it at second base this should be the easiest call on anyone's ballot anywhere it's Marcus Simeon it is Marcus Simeon by a mile I don't care what stat you're searching this guy has just been so much better than every other second baseman, not just in the American League, but in all of freaking baseball. He's at 3.2 Fangraphs war, which is nearly triple the second place player. That is Whit Merrifield, who um, all shade intended to him, who is somehow a multi-time all-star. And Marcus Simeon has made literally one all-star game in his career because he's been a traditionally slow starter. And this year, there is nothing slow about his start. He is hitting um, 306 with an on-base of 375 and slugging 508 a 10.1% walk rate, 14.7% K rate, nine home runs, seven stolen bases, 48 RBIs as a leadoff guy, and leading all of baseball with 55 runs scored. There was a stat that was showed, I believe, on the Sunday broadcast about runs scored leaders, which I, I haven't really ever given that much credence to runs scored because it's kind of a lot like pitcher wins in that you're not really the one that's in charge of uh, dictating this the amount of times you have success with that but the rangers had the top four runs scored leaders in all of baseball the the top four including one of them was their cleanup hitter who is had more runs scored than anybody else in all of baseball outside of his team like that's just absolutely bonkers and kind of shows how deep this ranger team is but if marcus Simeon isn't starting the all-star game at second base literally just abolish fan voting abolish Abolish voting in general because the voting process will have failed completely if Marcus Simeon isn't starting this All Star game. I don't care if he goes over his next like 100. He's still so much better than every other second baseman in all of baseball, but especially in the American League. Do the right thing, people. At shortstop, this is my Rangers bias showing through, but it, it's Corey Seager because if you look at the Fangraphs war leaders for um, shortstops. At number five, you will find Corey Seager, who has played just 28 games versus the next high, the top four of Wander Franco with 57, Bo Bichette with 61, Jeremy Pena with 59, and Bobby Witt Jr. with 59 as well. But if you look at number six on the scoreboard of Fangraphs for the most war among shortstops, you will find Ezekiel Duran there. Durant is not on the ballot at shortstop. He is on the ballot at outfield, and if you are so inclined, then um, give him your vote as well. I'm not 
quite sure he's there for me yet. He might be. Um, he's kind of borderline. I mean, getting, there's only three all-star spots in the outfield, and there are so many really freaking good players. Um, but Corey Seager has just been absolutely exceptional when he's been on the field. Uh, he's just incredible, absolutely incredible offensively. He is one of the best offensive players in all of baseball this year. I know it is the small sample size, but he's come back and just looked absolutely insane at the dish. He is one of the most patient hitters in in terms of shortstops. He is one of the most powerful hitters in all of shortstops, and he also makes a crap ton of contact. And when he does, he is stinging the absolute snot out of baseballs. I think Corey Seager should be an all-star this year at third base. Maybe also a little bit of my Texas Tech bias, but I think that Josh Young needs to be an all-star this year. If not a starting third baseman, that he needs to be um, at least at least the backup in the American league because he has been incredible. He might not beat out Matt Chapman, but he's second in uh, Amer- among American league third baseman in war. Uh, according to Fancrafts, at 1.6, he is pretty well behind Matt Chapman at 2.3, but Matt Chapman had an incredible first month of the season and is coming back down to earth. But uh, young is second in the AL in home runs among third baseman behind Rafael Devers by just one. He is among the best, among the league leaders in slugging percentage in general this year, is the top slugging percentage guy in terms of third baseman. He is first, actually second in batting average. The only Gio Urshela of the Angels is ahead of him in terms of batting average for third baseman in the American League among qualified players. But in weighted runs created plus, the overall catch-all category, um, 136, which is tied for Matt Chapman, who had that insane first month where he hit like 380 with, I think, all but two of his home runs so far. And Young has been exceptional. He has been, he went on that tear, that 14-game tear, and I think he might be about to go on another one. He has just been so consistent and really, really impressive this year. He definitely deserves to be an all-star. In the outfield, I'll go through this a little more quickly. Adolis Garcia, Aaron Judge, Randy Rosarena. Adolis Garcia has just been flat-out fantastic. He'll probably need to go on a bit of a tear to make the All-Star team, but I definitely think he is deserving of one of those spots because he's been so clutch. And at DH, I have Shohei Otani. In terms of pitchers, it, 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 Rangers probably should have two. They probably should have at, at least Nathan Eovaldi. If Nathan Eovaldi isn't, isn't a pitcher on the All-Star team this year, then what the heck are we doing? Or um, he just instantly became very, very bad, and that would be very bad for the Rangers, but I I don't think he's going to. And John Gray is also all-star worthy um, as well. If not Dane Dunning in kind of a... I don't think Dane Dunning is going to get the love to get an all-star, but he's been good enough to be all-star worthy, I think, this year. So if the Rangers have two pitchers, it's just going to be John Gray and Nathan Eovaldi. If they have three, maybe you can sneak Dane Dunning in there, and I think that would be a lot of fun, and, and honestly deserved if he keeps up what he's doing right now. But the Rangers probably should have at least three, four, maybe five All-Stars this year. They are in a good place. I know the DeGrom news sucks. It really, really does. But hey, there's hope for it. And even if he's not here, the Rangers are still one of the best teams in all of freaking baseball. That's going to do it for today's show. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.